Hello. Hello. I'm Brianna. I'm Sarah. And we are the the Squad Squad Ghouls. Just a couple of creepy gals that love creepy things. And naps. Yes, and wine. Oh, yeah, and wine. Which I'm going to need a lot of. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It's always so great to come here every Friday and just kind of decompress the whole week. Yeah. It's... And I know that we say that it's been a week every week. But it's true. It really, you know, every week (laughs) is a week. It it really is. If we're not just doing this, it's it's a week. Oh, yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Well, I have a joke for you. I'm ready. What's a zombie's favorite cereal? (gasps) I don't know. Which one? Rice Creepies. (laughs) That is amazing. I thought it was cute. <laughs> that is amazing. <laughs> well, I have a joke. What is it? Okay. What happens when two vampires meet? I don't know. It's love at first bite. Ah, that's cute. It's really cute. I love it. Anyway, or corny jokes. <laughs> <laughs> Should we get into booze news? Yes. Booze news. Booze news. Okay. So kicking it off, the Stars Network and uh, streaming services owned by Lion or is a streaming service owned by Lionsgate. Uh, so it only makes sense now that Stars and Lionsgate have created an exclusive first window output deal for new releases. What does that mean for you? <laughs> uh, that means. As The Hollywood Reporter explained, uh, Lionsgate's looking to give stars a bigger movie streaming bundle. So they are signing a multi-year theatrical output agreement with its premium subscription platform for Lionsgate and Summit label films. So what does this mean for you? Well... Stars is going to get exclusive first windows for Lionsgate label films when the distribution agreement with Hulu expires at the end of 2021. Mm. So, as Summit label films will land on Stars with the current deal with HBO expires at the end of 2022. So, what does that mean? There are specific horror and sci-fi genre films that will be under this new umbrella, such as Eli Roth's Borderlands and all of the John Wicks movies. And also, franchise relaunch Spiral is being released by Lionsgate this coming May. And this will obviously be well before Lionsgate's agreement with Hulu expires, but any future installments of the franchise will be finding a post-theatrical home on stars. Okay. Stars trying to step it up. Yeah. I mean, you got to. Yeah. Everyone's got a streaming service, just like everyone has a podcast. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then in other news, Sophia Lillis who is definitely one of horror's rising stars. Uh, And most of us know her most well as the new Bev Marsh in Andy Muschietti's It Movies. Um, And then she was also Gretel in Gretel and Hansel, which came out early last year. I think that was one of the last movies that I saw in the theaters before the pandemic hit. Oh, boy. Uh, and I saw it on Super Bowl Sunday because I could give two shits about football. (laughs) Um, And Jerry and I were the only ones in the theaters. 
Nice. Which was a little, it was a little bit of a bummer because it was just oh. kind of a boring movie. Oh. I mean, it was beautifully filmed. It just, the story was a little boring for my taste. Um, but she's actually going to be in the new Dungeons and Dragons movie. Oh, wow. I know. I'm really excited for this. So this, Nerds unite. I know. Like on my high school <laughs> D&D days. Plan D&D in the quad. Okay. So it's currently in pre-production with Paramount and E1. Um, and Deadline actually broke the news that it's being written and produ- uh, written and directed by Jonathan Goldstein and John Francis Daly. And other confirmed cast members include my main side piece, Chris Pine. Ooh. Also Michelle G- Rodriguez. Yay. Justice Smith and Reggae Jean Page. So I think he's the guy yes, from Bridgerton. He is. Okay. Which I saw. I can't. I'm, I'm sorry. I finished I it. You d- Did you? I did. Okay. I could. I, I'm I'm on episode it one. Got, it got <laughs> better. But I think it was just because it was so racy. I think that's the reason why. <laughs> but why do they all have orgasms at the same time? Because people, that's not real life. That's not how it works. <laughs> well... For the purpose of the show, you know, you got to have a little fantasy in there, I guess. But I remember, I like, okay, so I'm not even quite through, I'm like three quarters of the way through episode one. <laughs> and just with the scenes that have happened so far, I just went, oh, come on. Like, <laughs> friends, as much, this is not Fifty Shades of Grey. It does not happen at the same time. Usually. Most of the time. I mean, if you can time it, that's pretty cool. <laughs> Who fucking does that? I don't think anybody does. Nobody, but I'm just saying. Yeah. Like, eh. Anyway. Anyway. That's my that's my opinion on the three quarters of the episode of Bridgerton. Well, I'm just saying it it gets better. I'll try. You know, just a little drama. I just like that. Sexual Queen, drama, I call it. I I like that Queen Victoria's black. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think that's the other thing that's actually kind of cool about that show. Mm-hmm. But anyway, some more news. Um, so after uh, the delay by the pandemic, of course, it looks like Don Mancini's Chucky series for USA uh, Sci-Fi is getting ready to begin production. Ooh. Yay. So um, we just found out that Devin Sawa. What's that guy doing? I know. Well, apparently, Chucky, apparently. he's going to be in Chucky. <laughs> um, they noted that he's actually going to be playing a set of twins. Ooh. And the cast will also uh, include Zachary Arthur, uh, Tio Briones. Or, oh, I think I said that right. From Ratched. And then we have, oh God, these names. <laughs> uh, Bjornvin. Good. Armand. Armison, excuse me, (laughs) Olivia, that is a really weird way to spell Olivia. Olivia Allen spelled (laughs) A-L-Y-V-I-A. I I just realized that. (laughs) A-L-Y-N. Different. Okay, so Olivia Allen Lind from The Young and the Restless. That's my grandma's favorite soap. My mom would know who that is because I don't watch The Young and the Restless, but cool name. (laughs) (laughs) So from Mancini and Nick and and Tosca, uh, Chucky is expected to arrive later this year with uh, Brad Dorif voicing Chucky and Jennifer Tilly also on board as Tiffany. Oh, cool. Yay. Yeah, so Chucky has been described as a fresh take on the franchise that'll explore Chucky's character with a depth that is uniquely 
uh, afforded by the television series format. So after a vintage Chucky doll turns up at a suburban yard sale, um, and it's in an idyllic American town, is thrown into chaos as a series of horrifying murders begin to expose the town's hypocrisies and secrets. Meanwhile, the arrival of enemies and allies from Chucky's past uh, threatens to expose the truth behind the killings as well as the demon doll's untold origins as a seemingly ordinary child who somehow became this notorious monster. Ooh. We just heard the whole series. No, right. <laughs> and done. So it should be interesting. Um, and some some fun news, but not fun for us because it's not here. Um, <laughs> so um, since, you know, obviously the pandemic called off a bunch of stuff, um, it has just been reported that Halloween Horror Nights will most definitely be returning to Universal Orlando this coming September. Of course. I know. Everything's legal in Florida. I know. I'm like, come on. <laughs> when, when is it our turn? <laughs> but. Someone tell me, when is it my turn? I know. <laughs> Breaks out into gypsy. I know. <laughs> okay, anyway. <laughs> so, Halloween Horror Nights 30 will run on select nights from September 3rd to October 31st. And the team has announced that Beetlejuice is coming ah! along for the ride. I know. Now you're real mad, aren't you? Motherfucker! <laughs> so, Pardon um, my German. I know. I'm so mad about this. So, Halloween Horror Nights teases, say it once, say it twice, say it three times. It's time to turn up the juice. <laughs> Sorry. And see what shakes loose as the original film comes to life. More twisted and terrifying than ever, Beetlejuice will haunt, taunt, and send you screaming out of the haunted house. He'll torment you as you wander checkerboard hallways and abandon you uh, to your fate in the Lost Souls room. He'll menace you through the model graveyard and join you in the fun of Dante's Inferno. Be a part of the infamous dinner party scene and witness Beetlejuice's chaotic wedding. I'm really mad about it. I'm this. real jealous. Well, okay. I want to go to Dante's Inferno. So there's <laughs> hope because uh, in an effort not to get recalled, <laughs> California <laughs> Governor Kevin Newsom uh, just announced that theme parks can reopen on April 1st. Yay! With limited capacity. With like basically no rides open. Yeah, it's like 15% capacity <laughs> And indoor rides are all closed. Yeah. <gasps> that means I can't ride Rise of the Resistance anyway. So why am I going to buy a Disneyland ticket? But also, how much are they going to charge for this experience? But also, I'm waiting till I get vaccinated. Because, like, well, also that. Because but- Californians are dumb. <laughs> but also, like, I would just wait. Because <laughs> basically all the rides are indoors. I'm ready to wait for it. Are we all just going to ride Dumbo? I mean. In Autotopia? No, okay. <laughs> I'm Why just saying. in the year 2021 is the Autopia still run on gas? You know what? That is literally the same question I ask every time I go. Doesn't Honda sponsor it? Yes. Can't they get some fucking fuel cells or That's shit That's what there? I'm talking about. Or why aren't they electric? Yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Hey, 
ask Honda to step aside and see if Tesla will sponsor it. Ooh. She said it. TM. You're welcome, Disney. If you still mad, yeah, I don't know where you got it from. Anyway. Send that check. Yeah. So uh, I digress, but there's hope. I guess that yeah. we could potentially get a Halloween horror. I can, like yeah, maybe. I mean, <laughs> I mean, they could. No, they couldn't. I was going to say, what if they opened the top, but then that like gives away the whole thing. So oh, never mind. they did open air mazes? Yes. Uh, they could. They could Imagineer some. That's true. Um, I mean, but but also, I think, you know, come, um, and I know we said this last year, but I think come <laughs> October this year, September and October this year, I think we're going to be in a very different uh, position because uh, the current president of the United States, Joseph R. Biden Jr., just uh, enacted the War Powers Act, which authorized him additional funds for more manufacturing of COVID-19 vaccines. Yay. So uh, Johnson and Johnson actually now is responsible for turning over their formula to there's another there's a competitor. I don't remember exactly who, but there's a competitor who had said, hey, we have the facility to manufacture extra vaccine. Um, hmm. You just need to give us the funds to do it. So it looks like we might actually have enough doses for all adult humans in the United States by May. Okay. I mean, it's kind of far, but close. That's two months away, dude. I know. It'll go by fast. Remember that time where I thought, you know, there was one month that was going to be really, really far away, and here we are. And now it's gone. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so, and here we are. Yeah. <laughs> well, since it is Irish American Heritage Month, we're going to be sharing some info about some Irish charities. Yay. Um, so, the one that I picked is Enable Ireland. So Enable Ireland actually offers various services to children and adults with disabilities and their families. And they have over 40 locations in 15 different counties. That's a lot considering Ireland is not that big. Yeah. Wow. Yep. So they, Amazing. Yeah. So they cover everybody from uh, the childhood to adulthood range and their teams work with individuals and their families on a plan for each life stage. Um, so services include clinical assessments, therapy, education, training, uh, residential care, respite care, uh, PA and family support services. You name it, they do it. So Amazing. E- yeah, so each Enable Ireland service region is contracted by the HSE to provide for that area services to children and adults and their families slash parents slash guardian slash all of it. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, um, so they've got a website that you can check out. It is, I think it's uh, enableireland.ie. So, yeah, check it out. Donate. Learn more about the good things that they do for their nation. Yay. Well, I, I feel like we have, like, a, a theme. Because <laughs> I picked Focus Ireland. <laughs> and uh, so, Focus Ireland is a nonprofit organization based in Dublin. And they provide services for people who are homeless and people who are at risk of homelessness in in all of Ireland. So it was founded by Sister Stanislaus Kennedy. I like that. I got it right. In mm-hmm. 1985. And it is one of the largest housing and homelessness organizations in all of Ireland. 
which is wonderful. Um, it provides services in Dublin, Cork, Limerick, uh, Kilkenny. Is it? I think it's Sligo. I'm sorry if I pronounced that wrong. Uh, Kildare, Carlow, uh, Tipperary, Wexford, and Waterford. And uh, the charity's uh, stated mission is to advance the right of people out of home to live in a place they call home through quality services, research, and advocacy. So in 2017, um, they spent uh, uh, 26.3 million uh, euros. uh, Euros, sorry, euros. (laughs) That's a lot more than American dollars. Yes. And uh, Focus Ireland um, receives approximately half of its budget each year through state funding and raises the other 50% through donations from the public uh, events and corporate support. And then as of May 2020, there were nearly 10,000 people homeless, Mm. including over 3,000 children. So uh, Focus Ireland called for a review of the support offered by the state. So the the charity... um, they do an urgent increase in the provision of social and affordable rental housing and for the state to move away from its reliance on providing housing housing in the private rented market. So they're doing some things. <laughs> um, so Focus Ireland's work includes lobbying for change in public policy and provision for those experiencing homelessness. And uh, as of the 21st century, Focus Ireland has started to focus on preventing homelessness and on a housing-led approach uh, by providing a secure home first to those who are in need. You know what the homeless population of L.A. is? I just looked probably a lot so the popular the homeless population in ireland is ten thousand. the homeless population just in los angeles just the city limits is mm-hmm. sixty six thousand four hundred. oh my people. god get it together united states why i don't even know i don't even want to know what as a whole for the united states what it is no, especially look. after last year i won't look but anyway, <laughs> although, you know, the one thing that might help is there were a lot of pandemic um, assistance programs. And then mm-hmm. I think as a result of the CARES Act that passed, um, landlords weren't or I think landlords were legally not allowed to evict people. Yes. Through the end of the year. Yes. I feel like that might have been extended through this year because I remember there's always we can never pass a budget on time and there's always a bunch yeah, of right. scuttle, but like <laughs> must pass budget or the government will shut down. And it's always a freaking rat race. Yeah. To the end. It's just, we're a mess. We're, we're too busy arguing with each other. Right. <laughs> but anyway, check out uh, focus Ireland. They are at focus Ireland.ie. Groovy. Yay. Well, keeping on the Irish American Heritage Month theme, yay! we decided today to talk about a couple of monsters and creatures from Irish folklore. Yeah, there was a lot. Oh, there's a ton. I'm like, it was hard to choose. <laughs> my, my people, we love our creatures. It's a fourth of me. Yes. <laughs> we love our critters. We do. Uh, you want to go first? Okay. Let me scroll down. Sorry, I was way at the top. Um, well, the first one I picked, and you actually posted this on our IG. Um, so I thought 
I would kind of go into it further. So I picked Banshee. Banshee. Sometimes I feel like that. <laughs> you scream at everybody all the time? Yes. <laughs> well, if, if, with my inside voice. <laughs> I feel like I wake up looking like a Banshee, though. Does that count? No? No, probably not. Okay. Well, I tried. Anyway. <laughs> so, Banshee, or another word for is a woman of the fairies, is a supernatural being in Irish and other uh, Celtic folklore uh, whose mournful keening or wailing, screaming, or uh, lamentation at night was believed to foretell the death of a member of the family of a person who heard the spirits. It's a lot. <laughs> so in Ireland, banshees were given, were, I'm sorry, banshees were believed to warn only families of pure Irish descent. So then I'm probably not going to hear a banshee. I think, um, cause I'm like a fourth. <laughs> my great grandma used to tell me, and I, I mean, I think I was like six or seven. I was seven when she died. Um, but she used to talk about the Ravenscroft family banshee. Oh, I kind of want to hear this story after. <laughs> well, I feel like there's. I'm not. Cool... I, I'm not pure. I'm total mutt at this point. But well, I mean. But she was me pure too. blood. Oh, okay. <laughs> so then she heard it. Um. She. I don't know if she heard it, but she used to uh, make jokes all the time that if we weren't good, that. You know, the Gravenscroft family banshee would come and take us away. <laughs> Even though that's not how they work. Right. <laughs> they just use anything to scare us, to make us do, be better children. Exactly. So, <laughs> well, so the banshee can appear in a number of disguises. So one as a young, a young beautiful woman, a stately matron, or as an ugly, frightening hag. That's how I wake that's up. That's how I wake up. Yeah, I was like, that's how I wake up. <laughs> um, she is usually dressed in a gray or white hooded cloak. While not always seen, her morning her morning cries can be heard usually at night when someone is about to die. Oh man, all this death. Anyway, <laughs> so those who claim to have seen her describe her uh, with long hair, which she runs a comb through interesting um it's similar to tearing the hair out in anguish that's that's some like ring stuff going on there Mm -hmm. (laughs) so it is believed by many that she only appears to a select number of families like family you mentioned Mm -hmm. um but the main irish families were the o'neills sorry o'neills the o'connors the o'briens the o'grady's and the kavanaugh's oh that's not how they spell their that's not how they spell their last name jeff and courtney you're safe oh it's it's different it's uh oh and is it n i no it's n e a l s oh okay you're safe you're safe, Devin Courtney. Yay! Yay. <laughs> Kavanaugh's. I know one Kavanaugh that I know. Can take. <laughs> so while the banshee will not harm the person she encounters, there is another Irish female spirit who isn't nearly as like evil looking, <laughs> and um, she is called the the Lahan She. I had to like practice all these, mm-hmm. <laughs> and she is a beautiful woman who 
uh, woman who attracts men, but this love will lead to their downfall. (laughs) So that's a little cool little extra thing. (laughs) So as with all mythological stories and figures, she also appears in Scottish, Welsh, uh, Norse, and even American folklore in many different forms and doing many different death-related things. Um, occasionally, she is also known as the uh, Bin uh, Shantae, uh, or Crying Woman. Shantae, you stay. Shantae, you stay. <laughs> probably saying that wrong but i try to practice these and try to get them right so um so instead of wailing and crying uh at night to warn someone of death she would instead wash the bloody clothes of the person about to meet their doom in a local water source and her appearance uh, was generally thought to be kind of the same as the banshee but although she was sometimes washing her own bloody clothes instead of someone else's not creepy it's fine (laughs) so the origin of the banshee is uh it's really quite ordinary compared to the tales that surround her so in medieval times uh during funerals a woman would take on the role of a kinnear and kinnears sang sad songs uh which i'm gonna mess up this word (laughs) called the 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 coined oh man anyway it's the irish word for crying at the gravesite. <laughs> sorry you're all good <laughs> so there's a good business to be made as a kinnear i think i'm going to take up a new job um <laughs> as families would pay very well for a very talented one uh the best known ones always attended the funerals of the biggest and most well-known people and were much sought after as the more people mourning at a funeral the greater the person was said to be so for the most powerful families it was com- it was a common belief that a a fairy woman would come to keen at the grave and fairies presumably being more talented singers than any human so the irish phrase uh became uh basically got turned into banshee and over time the stories developed and morph into kind of like what we are learning about today so <laughs> so the fact that the kinnears were paid in alcohol and often ended up as elderly alcoholic women <laughs> Mm-hmm. that were banished from towns and villages also adds to the myth of the banshee <laughs> that's so sad <laughs> like we're just gonna pay you an alcohol and now you're just gonna be this drunk living on the street i mean there's worse things you could be doing with your time <laughs> i'm like oh man so originally the banshee appeared um obviously again to people um, who were about to suffer um, a violent or a painful death. Um, in later stories, she wailed outside their doors at night, um, but was rarely seen. And people, you know, claimed the story to be nothing more than an old wives' tale and saying that the whales are actually just barn owls or uh, vixens calling in the night. So that's fine. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know, like a woman screeching. I don't think that would sound like an owl to me. I would think that's a little different, but anyway. So, who knows? (laughs) So, in most stories, she's referred to as 
a ghost of a murdered woman or a woman who dialed, uh, who died in childbirth. But the three typical uh, disguises of the Banshee may represent three aspects of the Celtic goddess of war and death. It's a uh, Badba, Maka, or more Rio Gain. Or Rio Gain. That sounds like some weird like disease <laughs> probably saying this all wrong anyway but in in almost all cases the banshee has the long silver hair so that's pretty much a common theme in all the stories that they've heard and uh for this reason people say that they would never pick up a comb lying on the ground for fear of being taken away by the fairies Ooh. <laughs> I mean, you shouldn't pick up a comb from the ground anyway, because that's bad hygiene and gross. Right. Like, don't drop the soap. <laughs> don't pick it up. <laughs> Somebody might be. I'm not picking up someone else's comb. Hair is dirty. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, and the story changes, like, between towns. So, um, you know, her cry is kind of a debate as you go into different areas. So, in uh, Leinster, it, it is said to be so shrill that it shatters glass. Then further north in Tyrone, she sounds more like two boards being struck together. And then while in Carrie, her call is low, pleasant singing. Mm. So that's nice. So whatever she sounds like, everyone agrees that she can be heard from a great distance. And some report hearing her cry for several nights in a row before a death occurred, while others say they hear her just once on the night of the death. And that's it. Mm. Her cry rises and falls and lasts for at least a few minutes, varying in intensity. So uh, there have been alleged incidents when the banshee cried for a person who was in perfect health, but was found dead within a week from some freak accident. This is so creepy. (laughs) We're saging the room after this, right? Yes. (laughs) Okay. There's a whole thing of it over there by the bed. (laughs) Excellent. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So the majority of her visits are paid at night with a small few taking place at noon. So sometimes she comes early. Who knows? She's confused on the time. Yeah, she could be. (laughs) Um, The Banshee was usually thought to have once been a normal woman who enjoyed life, was incredibly beautiful, and radiated happiness. But some great sorrow overcame her at some point in her life, and she began, she became a haggard old woman. Well, so what happens when you get really sad and stressed out all the time. Right. That's why I'm changing. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to make it better for myself. (laughs) But she was uh, seemingly uh, very wary of mortals and would disappear at the first sign of any human activity. In fact, she didn't seem to enjoy the company of anyone, mortal or not, and traveled as a solitary fairy. Oh, Oh, man. It's so sad. But it also makes me think that I'd be a banshee. No. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's true, because I like, you know, there's a handful of people that I like. Okay. Well, I'm not going to let you become a banshee. (laughs) (laughs) It's not allowed. We're doing self-care. I'll just come back to haunt you. (laughs) Oh, God. So, um, she was actually uh, very uh, well known to um, cry at the crowning of a true king. So a couple of stories. So one reported case of this happening was at the crowning of legendary uh, Brian Boru, who overthrew the O'Neills. 
not the ones we know, <laughs> and began the O'Brien dynasty. A dynasty, excuse me. Possibly the only example of a human banshee appearance was in 1437 when a woman uh, purporting to be a seer approached King James I of Scotland and uh, correctly predicted his murder at the um, at the instigation of the Earl of Atoli or Atoll, excuse me. Mm. yeah she's doing some weird stuff mm. um <laughs> then in 1801 the banshee paid a visit to the commander-in-chief of the british forces in ireland he had attended a party at dublin castle and invited a few guests back to his home in mount kennedy uh in uh, wicklow afterwards these guests sir uh jonah barrington and his wife woke up at 2 30 a.m to what he described as uh plaintive sounds coming from the out from outside his window his wife and a maid were also awoken by it and the sound later turned in uh, uh turned into the name rossmore being screeched three times the next morning they were told that a servant having heard odd sounds from ross uh coming from ross moore's room at 2 30 a.m entered to find him dead creepy and that is the banshee she's just going around i hope i don't hear it nope i i try to just stay asleep and i just sleep with headphones on right (laughs) listen to some happy music when i go to sleep (laughs) calm blue ocean calm blue ocean right (laughs) so um well the first one that i picked is a puka or a fuka It's spelled P-H-O-O-K-A, like phone. Oh, got it. Fuka. Um, so a fuka is actually a shape shifter, and it can take any form it chooses. Um, usually it's seen in the form of a horse, a dog, a rabbit, a goat, a goblin, or even an old man. Um, so traditionally, a fuka is seen as a dark, sleek horse with long, wild, flowing mane and luminescent golden eyes. So an important thing to remember about a fuka is that they have the power of human speech and when inclined, make great sport of those they like to talk to as they like to embellish the truth. So in Ireland, the fuka seems to be the most feared fairy, possibly because it only appears at night and enjoys creating havoc and mischief. Ooh. So I like it uh, already. Right? <laughs> Maybe Binks is a fuka. Yes. Um, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> um so there are actually, uh, you know, shocker, there are no recorded incidences of a fuka actually causing any human any harm, but you know people people in their stories um so fukas can be found in any rural location every county in ireland has its very own fuka uh they like open mountainous areas so that they can run free while in horse form that's very majestic mm. uh, so many small mountainous lakes and springs in ireland are actually called fuka pools um which or the other one is palafuka which means puka uh, fuka or demon hole that sounds scary. Demon hole. Demon hole. <laughs> yeah, uh, don't put me down for demon holes. Right. Um, so some of these are actually found at the sources of major Irish rivers, such as the Leafy that runs through Dublin City, or the River Ban, which is the longest river in north of Ireland, in the north of Ireland, that runs through the town of Coleraine. 
So during the Christianization of Ireland, the process of converting the pagan population to Christianity, boo. Um, Some of the Fuca pools were actually renamed to St. Patrick's Wells. Hmm. There you are. There it is. Religion, pretending that nothing existed before it. <laughs> um, As did usual. Did say that? No, I uh, didn't hear anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there are actually a lot of superstitions and customs about fukas that are still observed in Ireland. So these actually uh, vary depending on which region you happen to be in. Although there seem to be some common ground when you talk about a fuka. Um, and some of the stories are alike or they're just different on some of the minor details so the first one is a drunken horse ride home Ooh. so when afuka is in horse form he tends to have fun by inviting a rider to jump on his back and this usually happens when the rider has had a little too much to drink and is making their weary way home from the pub so apparently fukas love to terrify their riders (laughs) <laughs> with their jumping over hedges and rocks and they make death-defying leaps. Um, so when the dawn comes, the rider is thrown off the horse's back and left terrified, but none the worse from the night's events. And then they are off to le- to find their own way home. Um, so this is probably where their reputation slips a bit, uh, as while on a wild night out, they tend to run through crop fields and knock down fences without care. Well, okay. Mm-hmm. It's a party. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then this other one is titled A Conversation with a Fuka. So <laughs> I love these. <laughs> and apparently another thing that they love is to chat and will happily stop and shoot the breeze with you, sometimes giving great advice and making exceptional prophecies. So in some rural areas, you will you will see houses that will have a bench on the right side of the door and the gate post on the right will be smooth, whereas on the left, there will be a rockery or some sort of uncomfortable mound. This is because a good fuka will always sit on the right and the more mischievous will sit on the left. Okay. Yeah, I did not know that. Interesting. Good to know to identify your fairies. <laughs> Um, so they tend to use the same opening gambit to introduce themselves and it's something along the lines of you are new here I think many years ago I used to live in this house (laughs) interesting Um, so one of their favorite topics is how uh, the family lost its fortune or was swindled out of their money or lands the oddest thing about a conversation with a fuga I mean is a is a conversation with a fairy not odd Whatever. Okay. Um, is that you may have sat and chatted only about an hour and then suddenly they disappear without saying goodbye. They never say goodbye. And then you'll be left wondering if the past hour is real. And they will never see any sign that they were there. I like it. Yeah, it's interesting. It's cute. Little, yep. Little guy. <laughs> um, and this one's called the Fuka's Share. So... Aww. Mainly associated with Samhain, not Samhain. <laughs> Samhain. Also known as the 31st of October. And uh, November 1st is considered Fuka's Day. So this coincides with the harvest and traditional customs that when the harvest is being brought in, the reaper must leave a few stalks behind. 
This is called the Fuka's share, and it must be left to appease the Fuka because you do not want to incur their wrath. Oh. And it is said that when you see rain falling on a sunny day, which it does a lot in Ireland, uh, the Fuka will definitely make an appearance that night. That's true, because when I was in Ireland for a week, I swear it rained every single day. And it was summer. I would like to go. <laughs> it is amazing. It is the one place in the world that I've been where I felt like I was home. It was incredible. Um, and then berries that have been killed by frosty overnight should never be eaten as Fuka's spit uh, is on them. And that would render them poisonous. Lovely. Yep. I love it. They all sound so wonderful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so a couple bits of... Uh, bits and pieces in which uh, Fugas have made an appearance in popular culture. One of my favorite movies of all time, Harvey, starring Jimmy Stewart. Ooh. So Harvey, the giant rabbit, is supposed to be a Fuka. Uh, I like it. Yeah. That's so cute. I didn't know that. I um, didn't. Well, you learn something new mm-hmm. every day. Um, and then there's also a scene in Darby O'Gill and the Little People uh, in which the Fuka scares Darby into falling down the well where and he meets King Brian of the Leprechauns. God, I haven't watched that movie in forever. Isn't it on Disney Plus now? Oh. I should look. That is a good question. Yeah. I would watch that again. Yeah. Amazing. And that is the Fuka. Well, speaking of a a dwarf, or possibly, well, I've heard two legends of this one, but, (laughs) so the next one I picked is a Bartach. And now I've heard two legends with this, but I'm going to go with obviously my favorite choice. Mm -hmm. And it's the story of a Bartach being the original vampire. Yep. Of Ireland. But I also read stories where it's a dwarf. So maybe it's a dwarf vampire. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but um, more of the, as I was researching, I found more stories about it, about the vampire. So, but I'll say a little bit of both just so you can get both sides. But a lot of people believed that in, you know, a lot of people, as we know, know the modern vampire originate from Transylvania. Well... In Irish or the Celtic uh, legend, they believe that the undead is the Irish chieftain or Batach. So I'll get into a little bit of the backstory. So many, many years ago, <laughs> there lived a chieftain or petty king, as they called it, and his name was a Batach. And um, now, it does say that he is small like a dwarf, but then other people have said that he was quite large. So there's, like I said, there's two different sides. But it they think that he was, that he may have been injured in battle through an accident, or possibly he got small because he was a wizard. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, you know, for the people of his time were great warriors and warriors, and they liked the rulers to be manly, brave, and strong. So that's why I was saying there's kind of like this um, kind of like contradictory stories mm. on both sides. So, <laughs> But um, 
pretty much all we know of him is that he was quite an evil man, a wizard even, and hated and feared by his own clan and the neighboring clans. So, Abartok was also a jealous man and suspected that his wife was having an affair. I feel like all men suspect their wives of having an affair at some point. (laughs) Oh, man. It's it's like, like, we don't have time. No, like... (laughs) My f- my first call this morning was at 7.30. My last one was at 4.30. When do I have time to cheat on you? Seriously, unless he's like right there when I'm on the Zoom call. Also, I don't go anywhere. It's in a pandemic. <laughs> right. No, that's Jared's not accused me of that, but I just feel like at some point all men do. Yeah, it's only because they're hiding something. Anyway, um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so, of course, he suspected his wife was having an affair, so he decided to spy on her. He climbed out of the win- window of his castle one night in an effort to catch her in the act, but slipped and fell to his death. Well... Well, that's unfortunate. There you have it. Um, it's also, that's great because it's like the trash took itself out. <laughs> Pretty much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, his body was discovered in the morning and his people, um, and his people relieved that he was gone, quickly buried him. They're like, let's get rid of him. <laughs> Deuces, buddy. <laughs> but, um, of course, he was standing upright as benefiting his status. And basically, they were in for a shock. So, the very next day, Abartok appeared demanding bowls of his people's blood fresh from cuts um, on their wrists. Well, that's awfully macabre. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. I guess he's just angry. Anyway, (laughs) he didn't catch his wife. (laughs) So, he's pretty pissed that he died. So, the terrified clans people... um, you know, compiled through sheer terror and they contacted a neighboring chieftain, uh, uh, Cathayan, or as uh, some say, his name is uh, Catherine. <laughs> I'm sure that's not how you pronounce it, but that's how I see it. Um, and begged him to deliver them from the evil of the, the Neum Marb. I want to learn how to speak Gaelic. I know. I got to. Let's. Is that if any of our listeners (laughs) can speak Gaelic? I want to see if it's included in my Rosetta Stone subscription. Oh, you know what? I'll learn it with you. Let's do it. Don't ask me to write it. Yeah. No, I'm already having trouble saying it. So I can look. I can barely write in one language. (laughs) Well, there's all this new slang we got to learn. right it's it's ever changing and i'm trying to learn my french (laughs) oh i like this but where's the gaelic is there gaelic oh there's hebrew Ooh, daniela i can learn to speak the language of your people oh no there's no that's really all that that's all we know know. that's it (laughs) well so, so Cathayan agreed to do this for the people. So he waited for a Batrak, um, to, um, and basically, you know, killed him again. After which he buried him again, standing up. But obviously there is no keeping a good vampire down. <laughs> so the very next day there was a Bartok with his empty bowl demanding it to be filled with more fresh blood from his people. 
Come on, he hungry. You can't I mean, don't mess with him when he's hangry. I um, same of our talk. <laughs> so Cathan once again slew the evil creature and again buried him this time though in a remote grave. <laughs> so they're you know they're trying different things so again the next morning there he was demanding more blood in a bowl so so then you know kathan could only like turn he was like all right i gotta go to a saint his name was eogon and he asked him for help so eogon listened to the sorry tale and deliberated and prayed about the situation it's very religious. So his advice to Cathan was that Abartok was already dead. Um, so he could not be killed again. Well, I mean, here we go. <laughs> headshot, headshot. I know, right? <laughs> and he said the only way to stop him was to pierce his heart with a sword made from the yew tree and put him into the ground upside down and cover him with ash branches and thorns. Okay, so we're getting somewhere. All right. So when this was done, uh, then you had to place a heavy stone slab over the grave, which could never be raised. Otherwise, our Bartok would once again come looking for his bloody breakfast. As you do. Yum. That's what I look for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, Cathan followed the saint's advice and he impaled him and interred him, the deadly dwarf, as instructed. So to this day, a Bartok lies beneath his slab stone. And in the Irish language that I'm so sorry, I'm gonna mess it up. <laughs> this place is called Liacht Abak. And in other words, it's also called it's called uh Salatabarta. Basically. It's a lot of uh a lot of vowels in that word. Yeah, there's <sighs> You, you don't know how I felt when I was reading this. <laughs> so, so, one can visit the grave, but you should beware, obviously. Um, the local people are still very wary of the site, and it has been reported that even recently people have had rather bad experiences going there. Cool, I'm good. Yeah, it's like, come on, why, why would you go? <laughs> just saying so in the other stories that i read um this the other side of the story kind of came more um from an irish historian named uh, patrick weston joyce and um in in his book um joyce uh tells of a parish in Derry called uh slotaverti that it actually should be called uh lotaverti but anyway so in this parish um there stands the monument of the Abartok. So in the book, Joyce says that the Abartok is another word for dwarf. And they, um, and he explains that the dwarf was a very cool creature and that it possessed a powerful type of magic. So not really vampire, but like he was more of a wizard. And so those who were terrorized by the Abartok soon, you know, had their, their, prayers answered so he was super evil and then someone came again to kill him and place him under the stone so the stone is still in the story <laughs> but um of course and then um there's also legend that by the the burial site you can also see the sword that was made from the yew wood mm. so and that's kind of 
where how we see it in uh, popular culture today, the stake through the heart theory. They believe that it came from there. Mm. So obviously with saying the story, of course, there's much speculation that Bram Stoker heard of the legend while studying in Ireland. And that is likely the inspiration for his book, Dracula. So they're basically saying like his ideas came from the legend and obviously when he was studying there is a very it's a very popular story to talk about. So I'm sure while he was there he you know heard you know heard about it. So um and you know the only place in which he had lived around actual vampire legends was the Emerald Island where the original vampires came out of the primordial dark to feed upon the flesh of the living interesting yeah so and that's the bar talk interesting yeah i was like when i saw that he was like the original vampire i was like mm, okay i gotta read this <laughs> <laughs> because and then they're saying that you know bram stoker took you know that legend and made dracula which is an amazing book and if you haven't read it you should if you haven't read it and you listen to this podcast you're a poser <laughs> there i said it. yeah i was gonna say boop (laughs) (laughs) i said what i said i said what i said but yeah you should read it so i don't know maybe if you want to go back to ireland with me oh fuck yeah we can go visit the bar talk no (laughs) will i go to ireland with you yes will i visit that place no we'll bring the 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 sword made out of the the you girl um, there ain't enough sage in you wood in the world (laughs) we can find some you wood It'll be fine. I know. Anyway, you would. <laughs> you would. You You would, would find you would. <laughs> Gerbil would appreciate that dad joke, but he's asleep. Oh. We'll have to share it later. Yes. Anyway. So, yeah. All right. Well, the last one that I picked is the Dulahan. Also Ooh. known as with a clip, clip, and a clip, and a clop. He's out looking for a head to chop. It's the Headless Horseman! <laughs> Yay! Yes, so the Dullahan is the mythological Headless Horseman. Oh, I love it already. Yes, and the embodiment of the Celtic god Krom Doom. So this is the real Sleepy Hollow story? This is the real Sleepy Hollow story. I like it. Uh, so his is a story of a headless rider who roams the lands of Ireland looking for victims whose lives he intends to take. Um, so the Dullahan's one of the most well-known tales of Irish mythology, and the story became so popular over time that, in turn, the Headless Horseman has become a key character used in the mythology in many other cultures, as well as in many other st- horror stories. So... He's obviously known for his headless appearance, um, and there are many stories that suggest how he lost his head, one of which being that he was a soldier in his previous life and had his head taken from him in battle. And his roaming has been depicted as him searching for his lost head for all of eternity. Sound similar to the Tim Burton Sleepy Hollow film? I think so. Mm. Um, so some stories actually suggest that he already has his head and that he rides with a darker purpose. Ooh. Believed to be so bitter about his own death that he searches for other souls to take with him to the afterlife. Um, so he's commonly portrayed as either riding on the back of a black horse, 
also headless, uh, or riding a black carriage that is pulled by six black horses. That's not the one that I've ever heard, but I learned all about Sleepy Hollow from the Disney cartoon. Yeah, I was going to say that was narrated same. By, by Bing Crosby. Right. <laughs> we um, learned so much. Right? Thanks, Disney. <laughs> Um, you know, I go back every, I always watch that a couple times a year and I'm like, God, my parents let me watch spooky. Yeah. It it's really real is. Spooky. It's, I'm like, it's kind of dark. Yeah. I'm like, man, my, man, my mom must have not loved me or something. <laughs> no, um, she did. She just, she knew what to do. Nah, she picked her kid. We know the truth. That's why she lives down the street from my brother. <laughs> Um, there I said it. <laughs> oh uh, man, where's it, Tamisha? Right, <laughs> dropping that truth. <laughs> um, so it said that these horses ride so quickly and ferociously that fire emanates from both their nostrils and their hooves as they strike the ground. Oh my! I know. Sounds a little. What's happening a here? Dramatic, but <laughs> well, we know how people are. You know, this is here we are. You know. Um, <laughs> So the carriage that some believe he rides of made of coffins are in tombstones and bones. Interesting. Um, so he wears a long black cloak that obviously flows behind him. Um, and he is also known to hold his severed head into the sky to search for those that he wishes to take. Um, mm. Yeah. And those that have seen said severed head say that it's covered in rotting flesh and gives off a strong odor of rotting cheese with the complexion of stale dough. That's very descriptive. Um, <laughs> oh, boy. Yep. And apparently uh, gates don't stay locked or closed when he approaches. They actually come open to let the Dullahan through. Okay. As he makes his way through towns and villages. He's like, open the gates. Exactly. Um, <laughs> and you're also supposed to hide behind your curtains because if you look at him, you're supposedly immediately blinded. Oh, that sounds great. Well, and supposedly he does this by whipping your eyes out with a whip that's made out of a human spine. Wow. I know. I'm like, this is getting real interesting. Wow. Um, it's like super descriptive. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so he has the ability to speak only once on a journey, and that is to say the name of the person whose life he wishes to take. So once the Dullahan states that name, that person's soul is called to death, and there's no defying this call. Also sounds like the Tim Burton version of Sleepy Hollow. Yeah. Um. I was going to say, man, this has to be where the inspiration came from, obviously. Yep. Um, so the Dullahan does this, and when he stops, it is then that he will call the name of his victim, and that person dies. Um, and then he's appeared, to, He it's, it's believed that he appears after sunset on certain festivals and feast days, which is when people know to be wary of looking outside after the sun goes down. Uh, the only thing that can frighten him is precious metal, which when thrown on the ground before him can cause he and his horses to suddenly stop in their path and turn to flee. Wow. Yeah. Um, so during the period when the story of the Dullahan was most popular in Ireland, families were likely to possess gold. And as such, they were told to use their gold to frighten him if called upon their house. Uh, so this depiction of the Headless Horseman is believed to have been developed as the embodiment of the ancient Celtic god of fertility, Cromdub, uh, King Tigermoss, the king of Ireland long ago in an era when human sacrifice to the gods was believed to be a popular ritual, worshipped Cromdub. Um, so he demanded human lives every year to be sacrificed in his name, and the method of sacrifice that he asked for was decapitation. Ooh. Yeah. 
Um, so in the 6th century, when Christianity came to Ireland, these sacrificial rituals were condemned, and as Christianity grew in popularity, they stopped altogether. Okay, I'm, I'm actually okay with that. Um, so this was when the story of the Dullahan first became prevalent, as people believed that this god took this form in order to continue getting the sacrificial souls that he called for. Um, so the myth of the Dullahan has evolved into many different depictions of the Headless Horseman in various cultures, most notably the legend of Sleepy Hollow. Uh, well, uh huh. here we are. Yep, which tells the story of a soldier who lost his head in the American Revolution and rose during the festival of Halloween to search for it. Yay! Yeah, and the Dullahan is also found in a number of German stories, such as the Tales of the Brothers Grimm. Um, and other German stories tell of the hid this horseman who blows a horn to warn huntsmen not to ride as death will befall them that day. How does he blow the horn? I was literally just going to ask you that. There's like a, does he use, does he use the the horse's nostril? Maybe he uses something else. (laughs) (laughs) Oh God. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That that could also work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm five. Yeah. Right. Um, so in modern times, the Dillahan's been popularized as an evil character in many computer games and fantasy stories, and thus the legend of the Dillahan, one of the most represented Irish legends, will continue to live on for years to come. That was fun. Yeah, and that's where the Headless Horseman came from. I like it. With a clip, clip, and a clippity clip. He's out looking for a head to chop. You know, I think, uh, <laughs> who did the... K-Star. K-Star did my favorite version of that song. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm going to have to listen to it. She did the best freaking version of that. Like, the Bing Crosby version's good, but the K-Star version's my favorite. She did a great job. I f- is that on your spotify yes it is okay because i was gonna say i feel like i heard it pop up a few times because it's just like so jazzy and bluesy and you just want to kind of like groove and snap your fingers and And chop somebody's head off yeah it's (laughs) (laughs) it's fine we're we're fine (sighs) just just send wine um (laughs) so we don't chop anybody's head off yeah because you know I mean, we won't chop somebody's heads off, but we're just a little maladjusted. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, there's some wonderful. There's a lot more. Oh, there's so many. I mean, we could probably do a second episode. Oh, there's so many. So you know, stay tuned. <laughs> we'll probably do this again because there was a lot that I wanted to choose, but then you know, I saw Banshee and I saw I- Irish Vampire. So right. you had me at Irish Vampire. Exactly. So. But it was fun. Yeah. Well, that's it. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Yeah. Um, don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, please rate and review us because it would be nice if we could like break some of the Apple podcast yeah. rating. Things. Please. Yeah. So maybe would you please? We'd appreciate it. Give us some stars or however they rate yeah. it. Whatever the rating is, just please be nice. We'd appreciate it. Yes. Um, like us on Facebook. Follow mm-hmm. us on Instagram. We got a website. Yes. www.thesquadghouls.com. We also have merch on there. We got merch. Your, I mean, it's not so cold anymore, but your dog, your dog still needs still a hoodie. Cold, yeah. yeah, your dog still needs a hoodie. Yes. And we have fanny packs. Yeah, we got fanny packs. For your walks outside in this 
beautiful California weather. If, if you're, you're here in California, California of course. If you're not here and it's cold, we're real sorry. Yeah, but you could still have a fanny pack. Yeah, and your Just dog saying. could have a hoodie because your dog's cold because you're there you cold because it's cold. Exactly. Um, we're also Kitty FX brand ambassadors. Yes, please go check them out. There's some amazing stuff. Got little, um, I got the little trick-or-treat heart earrings. Cute. And the little, like, coffin little case. I still haven't put anything in it because I'm trying to think what's cute enough to go in there. But check them out they've got some great stuff and make sure you don't forget uh, make sure you don't forget to put in our code uh, our code squad ghouls and get 15 percent off yes. your purchase or you can um click the link on our website and that will take you to the web page through our direct link where your 15 percent off is automatically applied yeah treat your, up, the choice is up to you treat yourself yeah <laughs> creep it real we'll scare you later goodbye Bye.